Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. This is the uh, the spring break edition of of the in-between. We are uh, it's just me and Colson. Yeah, um, no no Chris and Paul today. Chris and Paul are are out today, but that's that's fine. Um we're going to we're going to talk about um, oh, deep deep theological things. Deep theological things. That's what we're going to do. No, so, we're not going to do that. What are we going to do, John? Well, um we're going to talk a little bit about what uh Sunday to Sunday looks like for for us, which is um, not completely different than what it looks like for for Chris and Paul specifically, yeah. but it is it is uh, uh, focused on a little bit different way of doing it. Number one, let's just go ahead and say, like we're we're we we just finished Daniel, which oh my goodness, I mean was an amazing, you know gracious gift from God in the midst of 2020 to be looking at Daniel, to already have planned to look at Daniel and to be looking at Daniel through, um, just a really hard year. Right. Um, where we, you know, it, it was definitely it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, it was ordained, um, that we would be looking at, uh, at Daniel at that time. Cause it just, it was so perfect for what we were, uh, I think what we were going through as a community yeah. and, um, as a nation. And, um, as we were trying to figure out how, how we do faith, you know, when we don't have everything that we've always had before and or access to everything and how we're, you know, anyway, yeah. it's been great, but, uh, yeah, and where are we, where are we moving into? We're moving into Nehemiah, um, which you may be like, well, we just did an Old Testament book. Why are we doing another Old Testament book? Or maybe you haven't picked up on the fact that sometimes we do New Testament and then Old Testament and then New Testament and then Old Testament. But the idea was um, that Nehemiah is actually a fantastic book for us to be studying, to study briefly. It's only going to be three uh, three Sundays that we're going to study Nehemiah. Um, but we're going to study Nehemiah briefly and talk about kind of the uh, coming back from exile. So at, at, at the end of Daniel's life, we have this, this event where, um, uh, um, the King Persian King, I always get the Medo Persian stuff mixed up. So please forgive me. Um, but, uh, the Persian King sends, uh, Israel back at the request of Nehemiah that he sends them um, the Israelites back or some Israelites back um, to start rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And so it's this idea that what happens after you've been exiled, you know, what happens after you have had your life interrupted by something huge um, and, you know, it's like generations of interruption for, for the Israelites or, or a generation of interruption, um, at least, but no oh, generations. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, um, for us, it's just been like a year. Yeah, definitely. And, and then this also like the contrast between how Nehemiah is going to feel it, one, it won't, we won't be sitting here taking such a deep dive into Nehemiah as we did right. to Daniel. But then also the teaching will be a little bit different. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah, so actually this first week, um, uh, Stephen Young, he's a pastor of uh, the Cross Baptist Church. Um, he's a good friend of ours, and um, we partner with the Cross 
in any way that uh, becomes available for us to do because they're fantastic. Um, but uh, the Cross Baptist Church, uh, um, Stephen Young is uh, he's going to preach this this coming Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, Wayne Broderick from Frisco Bible is going to come in and and preach. Um, and then the Sunday after that, which is the last Sunday that we'll be looking at Nehemiah, it's actually going to be Chris and Paul at the same time, which, I mean, that's just going to be fantastic. Um, all three of these are going to be fantastic. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, how Chris has set this up for us to to walk through Nehemiah and, and getting these different perspectives um, and different um, teaching styles. You're going to see Stephen Young is very different from Wayne, who is very different from Chris and Paul, um, who is very different from Stephen. Yeah, I think it'll be an awesome like change of pace, yeah. a short change before we jump into our next series, but I'm excited about that for sure. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Um, but to also hear what, what these men um, have to say about coming back from, from exile is going to be fantastic. But one of the things that we want, or the thing that we wanted to really focus on today is when we are, um, as worship leaders, when we're preparing uh, Sunday to Sunday, what does that, what does that look like? Um, because, I, I mean, I don't know, we've, we've probably talked about it before in terms of, um, I guess, a philosophy of what, what we do in music, in the music section of the worship service, um, what we're doing in order to prepare for uh, the teaching section of the worship service. Well, it's not. It's not that. Ooh, it's not that. Sorry about that. It's so, not that one of these. Uh, one of these parts of the worship service is worship, and the other part is not worship. All of these things are worship. In fact, when you leave, you're also worshiping, and we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but um, when we are uh, when we're setting up the service, um, we, we kind of have this, like we, we've got to, we've got to move from point A to point B inside of every service. And point A is usually the, like, you know, people are coming in from a whole bunch of different, uh, places. Sometimes they're really stressed out because of, uh, what it took to get to, service um, sometimes they're really sad because of what has happened or really happy because of what has happened in um, inside of their week leading up to um, the service or you know there's just a, a this wide gamut of, of where people are coming from some people have already read the uh, scripture that we're going to talk about some people have never read the scripture before this scripture before in their life and so how do we prepare that wide gamut of uh, backgrounds of um, where people are coming from to be able to receive um, from the Lord um, and not just from our mouths or our minds, but what, what he has prepared for them um, inside of this, this service. And so that's kind of like a to B what the, what the idea inside of each service is. Um, and so we we start with music because music actually um, it has a uh, a way it has it she has a way about her um, there you go music there you go <laughs> yeah and it I mean it really is the the hope is that it's centering and reminding 
us of why we're here and and what we're doing here today you right. know, on a Sunday morning. Can you take us through the thought process for like, okay, let's say we're doing a four a four song Sunday. A four song Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what is what is your thought process from first song through until the message? Because I know that there is I, I only say this, listeners, because John has a clear thought process mm-hmm. and he does it from a heart of he wants to serve other people and so i think that's important for us to right good for us to understand technically most sundays are a five song sunday true that. because we have the invitation at the end right but the four songs before the the sermon there's usually um we'll usually do a a first song that you might not um it, it may be harder to recognize exactly where we're going with after the first song or what, what we're doing that Sunday after the first song, because the first song, uh, it's primary goal. The primary goal in the first song, at least in my mind, um, is kind of to, uh, disrupt. Um, a lot of times we do that with just a really upbeat song. Um, something, something to, to disrupt people. And, and what I mean by disrupt is, you know, you're coming from all those different places and our tendency as humans is we carry, um, stuff from one place into the, the next. And we have, we have baggage involved with that. And so we need, a lot of times we need something that, that is out of our normal, out of our, like what we're, what we're used to, what we're, what we're expecting um, in order to get us to um, be able to recognize that we need to be paying attention. It's almost like, um, you know, if you ever had, I had a um, professor one time who, if if he felt like he was losing the um, his students, he would clap really loud a few times, and it was like it was jarring. It was not my it was not my favorite thing, um, but the what it accomplished every time for me um, was I I was what I may have been daydreaming about was now not in front of my brain at that moment. And so I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think we ever want to be as, as, uh, full on, um, disruptive, I guess, as, as clapping at people. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if, if you've been to one of our services, you know, most of the time it starts off like big and, and loud and everything like that. Um, but there've been a few times where we've actually started off really quiet where I've said like, Hey, I need you to stop. And if I'm, people are expecting us to sing an upbeat song and just move right into it. Like sometimes the opposite of that, sometimes a very soft mm-hmm. um, opening is what is going to jar people into um, thinking about what. And it all depends on where we're going mm-hmm. with the with the service. But like in this in in this case, um, this Sunday we're going to start with "I Saw the Light." Um, fairly upbeat. Fairly upbeat. It's it's. It's what it lacks in being up like super upbeat or super loud or anything. It it makes up for in our people, our church just love this song um, from the first time that we did it. And I mean, by we, I mean um, under under my tenure as the um, worship pastor here from the first time that we did it, everybody loved this song. I'm sure that Dave did it, and I'm sure everybody loved it then. I just didn't see it then, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, it, it's been, um, it's been one of those songs that everybody loves, uh, getting to sing and, and singing together. And so I saw the light, um, kind of gives us that, 
that uh, oh, we may we may get some people clapping their hands and we may get some people um, singing louder than they normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, and and out of that, we can kind of roll into hey, how's this going to go? After we do the first song, um, though, we move into uh, a um, a welcome time. And we used to do a meet and greet at this time. I'm looking forward to the day that we can do that again um, because I actually think a- after we have, like, done that, like, clap to get everybody's attention – um, the idea that like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna welcome you, and we're going to make sure that you know that we are so grateful, so um, glad, and so um, uh, humbled by the fact that you're you're here with us this Sunday, that you chose to come and worship together with us this Sunday, um, is like that's a big deal. Um, and so, you know, we, we get the clap out of the way, everybody's kind of focused. And then, and then instead of allowing, um, our minds to go back to, okay, but what do, what do I, um, how does this engage with, with me, like turning back to the meanness of this, of, of a worship moment, um, that's really dangerous, um, because we, we worship ourselves all the time without really knowing it. And so, um, you kind of clapped and let let everybody know, like, hey, you're you need to pay attention to what's about to happen. And instead of letting people, and and this is the idea, I don't know if it always works. Instead of letting people jump straight back into like um, a more them centered uh, idea, all of us, all of us, an us centered um, moment, it, it you you remind people that hey, you're surrounded by other people who are worshiping. And that's that's important on a Sunday morning. You don't always have to have people with you to worship. Like that's not that's not a a necessary thing. Um but corporate worship has a specific role in our lives and being able to do all this with each other mm-hmm. is a gift that God has given us. That's true. And so it's it's almost as if you're you're helping guide people as they're thinking and worshiping mm-hmm. not just to stay internally focused because because our you know singing yeah. as an act of worship is is intimate and mm. a lot of times you know we can only Very. We can hear ourselves and only the people around us and we're focusing on the words that we're singing or the way that we're singing yeah and so i know i can get into a spot where i'm just thinking about that and so i yeah. think that is a nice transition and a good way of putting it of like hey let's just remind everyone as we're guiding we're we're, we're doing this worship corporately yeah. that we're around each other and we're brothers and sisters and this is this is a walk together yeah. and so greet each other yeah. kind of a thing and you may be thinking like well if if that's the case then why do we turn the lights off and why do we have the music loud i've been asked those questions before yeah. um because we we choose to do that as a as a service or as as a church inside of our services um and on the whole not always the case but on the whole that's that's what we have chosen to do and a lot of that is also like in in the midst of this you also want to as we're leading people in worship you want to take down barriers to people actually feeling free to doing it most people hate the way that they sound mm-hmm. most people are very insecure about the way their voice sounds whether it's talking or singing um, and so having the music louder than, uh, um, maybe it used to be just go ahead and throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure louder than just like, yeah, the, kinda... the, 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 
I don't want to, I don't want to say wisdom because I don't, I don't want to assume that we like have it right all the time. I, that's the other part of this is this is our effort. Like I'm, I'm trying and we're trying to do this. It does not mean that we're always going to do it well Mm -hmm. um, or that we're always going to make the right decisions. We're, Mm -hmm. we're relying on the Holy spirit to guide us in this and we're trying to make the best decisions that we can. But I don't have like a, I, I don't see this as a foolproof like formula. Like we, whatever, this is just a general thing. Right. So, and it changes just like you were saying. And it we changes. don't always have the lights off. No. We don't always do this, but exactly. yeah, I agree. But the idea, um, the, the general like thought behind it is, is, is a pretty accepted thought that if people have the lights down and they're not as, uh, um, what are you, they're not as uh, aware of the entire room of people around them, or they're not as aware of their voice um, or anything like that. Um, that's uh, that will actually promote singing and engaging um, in a way that uh, that it wouldn't the other way. Which is why we have to also combat that with making sure that we are giving moments of looking around at each other um, in those so we don't forget. So it, these, these ideas are, are intention. And I will say like, if, if the idea of a bunch of different things being intention, if that weirds you out, um, Christianity is going to be a hard thing for you because there, there are so many concepts that it, they're not in competition. They're not, whatever um they're, they're they don't cancel each other out but they there is a tension between them um that um i can i can only really explain with 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 the musical term there's an idea um uh, or an idea uh, a a concept in music of dissonance that some harmony doesn't really sound right together if you've ever heard of um, heard a heard of or heard a seventh chord, you know that you hear it because there's this. It's like this. You hear the chord like you normally would, but there's this note that kind of feels like a knife, like in your in your brain. It's like I know that's not supposed to be there, or that doesn't sound exactly right. Um, and it's because the seventh is one half step away from the um tonic the root um and and you hear the root of the chord most i guess it feels freely the best. It, feels it feels the, the best. best it's it it is what you're expecting right. and you've got these other like the third and the fifth they all complement the the root very well but you throw that seventh in there and it's like it it fits a little bit because it's it's just a little bit away from the fifth and it sounds kind of cool there but it's right next to the root Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what that, anytime you throw a seventh in, what it is begging for inside of the, the listener is resolve. Um, it's begging to move to the root. Um, and so, uh, I think that in, you know, in music, we hear this all the time, whether or not you known that you hear, hear it, you'll, um, sometimes we'll end on a chord, <laughs> um, in, in the service that, that doesn't resolve like we'll end on a fifth or something like that. Um, 
um, that doesn't resolve. And the idea behind that is that you don't, you may not like, you may have never had a theory class in your life. A lot, most people haven't, you may not know these things about music, but we all know music because we all listen to music and, and you know, when something didn't finish and when you know, even subconsciously that something didn't finish, you're expecting a finish. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that like, that dissonance, that that uh, tension that that you feel in music is also there in so many concepts inside of um, yeah. our walk, and and it's there on purpose. It's supposed to be so. Um, all that was a long explanation to say, like, yeah, hey, the if there are things now. like that, you're like, I this doesn't seem to fit. Like, don't shy away from that. So after the um, welcome, we you know meet and greet like acknowledging each other time um we usually do announcements at that point because we want to make sure and catch people with with announcements because i mean that's that is in my mind that is purely utilitarian like we're just trying to say these important things to you while you're there and we need to we need to get it done and we have found that if we do the announcements at the end of the service people have already checked out they're they're not listening anymore um paul would probably argue that they're never listening to the announcements <laughs> he does not does does not feel a whole lot of uh efficacy there <laughs> yeah and that we can have a conversation with with paul about that another time because yeah, that would be humorous. that would be fun to, to hear but yeah so we, we try to hit people with hey just in case you didn't know or just to remind you here's what's going on right um as we've kind of moved on from I know it seems sometimes that there are a lot of announcements, but we really are trying to get that as small as possible um, most of the time um, because we do want you to be able to not not forget where we just came from and to be able to roll um, into worship where the next section of worship, which is affectionately referred to um, in my notes every every service as songs and giving, Giving may like we don't we don't actually stop the service or or have a moment in our service where we're uh, giving tithes and offerings anymore um, because of uh, just trying to do COVID well. Um, we've we've put those as baskets in the back, and that's not ideal. I I like the idea in a service of having a time where a especially a child can see a parent um, putting money um, into the. Uh, basket at the church it, it it definitely puts that like hey my treasure is here like i believe that this is worth investing in not just our time but our money yeah um, which has an impact on children and I, chris has a cool story about that mm -hmm. um that i'm sure you've heard if you haven't then we'll try to get that some other time on the podcast but yeah and that's not to knock online giving or mobile no. giving but no. it is but it there are things like it for for example, for what you're saying, it's yeah. like there are ways that practically seeing a parent yeah. or something physically doing something yeah. is important. And yeah. so and I, I was actually incorporating that somehow. I was excited your, last Sunday because my son actually came up to me because he went to, he went to use the restroom during Chris's uh, sermon last Sunday. And when he came back, he was like, Daddy, um, there are baskets in the back with money for us to give money to the church. And I would like to do that when we walk out. And I was like, yes, that's great. Easy. Yes, we will do that. Like, let's, you know, and then I told Lori because I'm actually doing other <laughs> things. But I was like, Lori, you need to make sure and give money to your son to give 
to the baskets in the back because he needs to see that and he needs to see that that is what we want to do. It is a a a good part of investing not only in um, our ministry but lots of ministries the the ministries that the church supports and the ministry right. of the church which is you. Man, this is taking longer than I thought it would. <laughs> we can always cut this part out. So, sorry. Um, but uh, that next section, I, I still think of it as songs and giving because we are trying to, like we're trying to sing these songs and we are trying to um, invest. Um, and and I think anytime we um, sing, I think we're investing. I think that it's it's hard thing. It's a hard thing for most people to sing. It's really easy for some people, um, but it's a hard thing to step outside of your comfort zone. Um, and, and in that we are, we are investing in what we're doing together. I think that's an important thing, but the, the next, like that, that section, most of that section is very pointed about what we're about to talk about. Um, so for Nehemiah, one of the things that we're, um, we're going to try to focus on is, is getting back to, uh, life, outside of exile and and in in a specific way in my mind um that has to do with the kingship of of christ um that anytime there's a regime change anytime you're moving out from underneath i mean in this case it wasn't that uh um israel was becoming israel again like in in its full sense an independent nation that wasn't what was happening um, but it was Israel moving out from direct, um, or some people, some of the Israelites moving out from underneath a direct, um, like daily lorded over like position of being underneath, um, a King into a more indirect, like he's there, there, they became more, I guess, more vassal, um, in that, in that sense that they were still under, the rule of the Persians, but that they could could build their city walls and they could um, do that. And so there's a unique thing that happens inside of that is this is a great moment for us to not think that, oh, we're going to go rebuild the, uh, the city walls so that we can be us um, independent of anything else. Um, we as the people of God, and I think Israel as the people of God, um, need to remember that no matter who they're like, governing authority is in that moment god is still their king um and we need to remember that god is still our king um as we're as we're trying to move back into doing church um more normally i don't know how to anyway yeah we say that with air quotes because with air quotes that's not but as we're moving forward in that with getting the 150 with opening up a lot more of our sunday morning service or uh, life groups and and programs. Yeah, we're moving toward normalcy, kind mm-hmm. of, and so we're we're progressing that way, remembering that right. God is still our King. Yes, and and He didn't stop, and He He won't stop. Like all of that is is the case, and so as we're doing that, we are serving. We're not building a kingdom of our own. We're not trying to make South Spring great. We are trying to make Tyler more like the kingdom of heaven every day um, we're trying to with with every breath that he gives us every freedom that we're given every opportunity that we're given we're trying to uh, expand the 
uh, domain of his king. Not that his domain has any end ever, but the the I guess the awareness of his kingdom and the the uh, rule um, that he graciously gives us and and that's mm-hmm. anyway that so that's kind of like that's that's where we're headed and then that leads directly into the message which um we have as we've already talked about these really talented teachers of the word um and preachers who are are not only giving us the truth of of what the bible says and and we're going to be real strict about that if anybody is not able to do that. They're not able to preach at this church, which all of the men that we've already talked about, they are and they do. Um, but not only do they give us the truth of the word, but they they help us apply it to what we're doing. And that, in my mind, is always the climax of the service. It's always the 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 moment that, like, if I can get people clear enough to be able to hear that, um, what is being taught, then I feel like um, God is going to uh bless that time and you know i get real upset with any worship leader who talks about inviting the holy spirit into a space or you know there's songs that we've sung before that that reference something like that and and i think that that's a good posture of our hearts to remember that we we are reliant on the holy spirit we need him here and and the idea of inviting him there's artistic license with every song um, and we need to remember that and not take songs so seriously. But um, understanding that if if we sit on that mindset, then then we get into this place where we think like we're in control of this, and we're not. We we are um, we're trying to put our hearts in the position of being able to listen to to him. And so after the message, there's always a time of invitation where we remember like this is what God has said. What does that mean for my life? Um. And that's kind of the general gist of what we're doing. Sorry, this one was so long. I was actually thinking it was going to be so, uh, shorter, but I think it was good. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast today, mm. and uh, we hope to see you Sunday. Be encouraged.